Hey folks, it's Myron from the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast Network. Today, I am joined by the cleanest player in the game, Mop Boy himself. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great. I am having a squeaky clean morning so far, and I'm looking forward to the day ahead. I am the Mop Boy. I am the cleanest player in the game, as you said, and I hope you know that I never work dirty, my friend. <laughs> yes, it's good to see somebody committed to, 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 to clean work. You know, it's you get too many of these guys. I've seen the dirtiest player in the game. Now I've seen the cleanest player in the game. That's pretty awesome. And that's the thing, you know. Like, people, you know, love to take shortcuts in life, you know. But whether it's pro wrestling or mopping the floor, you know, it's very simple. You know, anybody can learn how to mop a floor, but it's impossible to master it. Hmm. Yes, I have, I have seen some of your masterwork. Uh, you were cleaning Vince Russo's computer. Yes, and that computer, what he was looking at was absolutely filthy. I was trying to do him a favor. I understand he was upset, but, you know, it needed to be done, you know. Like, my mop might have been dirty, but it was not as dirty as what's on that screen. Let me tell you what, Myron. Oh, that Vince. <laughs> so, you are working for Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, one yes, of my sir. Friends. I am our resident custodian for Rocky Mountain Pro. I keep the quarry clean, and I keep every show clean all over the state of Colorado that we take Rocky Mountain Pro to. Y'all are y'all are y'all are blowing up, man. Y'all have got TV now. Yes, Rocky we Mountain just Pro? got TV. Uh, yesterday, we aired the third episode of our first season of uh, RMP Charged. Oh, cool! That that's great because uh, when a, y'all's promotion has always been top notch. I've watched you on the Fight Network. I watched the first couple seasons, the first three seasons I've seen on the Fight Network. And that was good stuff. Your production at Rocky Mountain Pro is some of the best, the best stuff you're going to see outside of the WWE. Most definitely. You know, there are many indie promotions out there, but, you know, we're trying to be, you know, not just an indie promotion. You know, we truly try to say this is the bar to what makes you professional, you know. I don't believe at all right now there's no other promotion in the state of Colorado who is doing um, a televised promotion. So not only are we the bar, we are the standard. So we got to, you know, put out the best quality product we can. That's excellent. That is totally excellent. And keeping it clean is bound to be uh, handy to have you around. Most definitely. I mean, like, hey, when you got a lot of guys sweating on the same ring, you know, there are a lot of risks. You can get a staff infection. I try to keep it clean so no one gets sick because, you know, nobody wants to see some sick wrestling unless it's sick in the, uh, how you say, the slang term sick. (laughs) Yes. Now, you're doing something special out there. You are doing Twitch work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great Twitch channel going on from Rocky Mountain Pro. What do you do on the channel? Well, I personally, I run a show called uh, RMP2K. And with that hashtag, you can be part of our show, too. Just type it in in-game if you're playing on Xbox One. Currently, we are only on Xbox One. But usually, we start each episode for about the first 45 minutes, an hour. We take a character from Rocky Mountain Pro. We morph their face, an actual picture of their face, onto the character. We add tattoos. We try to make their attire look good. So we're kind of trying to immortalize these characters. It's not just WWE 2K. These are, like, the official creative wrestlers of our promotion, and we're using this game to do it. 
And then for the second half of the show, I actually have set up a universe mode, so the game automatically builds a card, and uh, you get to watch storylines play out with our characters digitally. And so since it's an interactive show, you can upload your characters too. We try and kind of break the fourth wall, and you can be part of our promotion too, and you can test your luck against you know the true wrestlers of Rocky Mountain Pro. And y'all got a lot of great stars out there, man. And I know a lot of them are uh, comic book and video game guys, and there's there's great amount of video game content on this Twitch channel. Oh, yeah. Pro wrestling and video games, they're kind of hand-in-hand. I still remember, you know, when I was a kid, what got me into pro wrestling was uh, WrestleMania 2000 on the Nintendo 64. I saw that, and I was almost obsessed with that, as I am with keeping the floor clean. Ah. You played a lot of video games growing up as a young mop boy. Yes, I did. They helped raise me. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've been a big gamer myself, and I, my favorite were the uh, SmackDown series on PlayStation. Oh yeah, the SmackDown games were great. I never actually had um, a PS2 until I was probably in my early twenties. Uh, so long after it was in its prime, but uh, the SmackDown games were definitely the best of that generation. The original Xbox, because I am an Xbox guy, none of those like video games that came out for the Xbox were really that great of wrestling games. Raw 2 kind of capitalized on Raw 1, but it had like the wonky gameplay. WrestleMania 21, I think it was, it was 21 or 22. That one had really bad gameplay, but decent storytelling. It wasn't really until the Xbox. 360, where SmackDown vs. Raw off the console line. And it really uh, brought good wrestling to the Xbox platform. But if you had to ask me personally, the best wrestling game of all time, I would have to say it's WrestleMania No Mercy, or not WrestleMania, uh, WWF No Mercy, just because, you know, it's a game that still has aged well. It plays just as fun as it did, you know, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I've been... uh trying to catch that magic back with 2k15 and 2k18 on pc but for some reason on pc they're just not the same it's uh it's interesting i couldn't imagine actually playing that sort of game with a uh, mouse and keyboard you know the thing that made wrestling games great back in the day is that they had more of an arcade feel and now 2k they're trying to make it more of like a simulator which is you know great in its own ways at the same time it can also kind of be destructive to the business in a sense if you ask my opinion but you know i love how realistic it feels it's not exactly like working a match but it has a lot of the same elements mm-hmm. I, that, that's a good way to look at it i've never heard anyone say that um and i i would believe as someone who's never been in the ring that it would be closer to a simulator and that's probably why i'm not catching it now i play with a controller but still it just does not seem the same as the old the old old console game most definitely, most definitely, you know. I think that's kind of a thing in gaming altogether that the industry is kind of lost. You know, don't get me wrong. I love online gaming. I am a competitive guy. You know, I want to clean the floor better than you. I want to mop the floor with you if we're playing Street Fighter or any game I like. And, uh, you know, you don't see too many split-screen games anymore, you know. It's cool to play something side-by-side side with a friend, you know. there's That's something that kind of our industry is missing now. I agree 100% on those games. That is That is one of the most fun things i did as a child was have a buddy over and we sat down and we played contra or we played uh baseball game that was so great uh 
you know, it's sad that, you know, you don't, we don't have arcades like we did when, like, I was a child, you know. You could go there, you wait in line, and you try and beat the guy winning a Street Fighter or Tekken or Mortal Kombat. Now you don't kind of have that I'm going for low man because, you know, you just wait for the next match, and you could be waiting a minute, you could be waiting 10 minutes trying to find an opponent just to play online. Get your quarters out there and say, I got, I got winner. You know, I call winner. Uh, yeah. Play through the line, man. That, that, was, that was fun. I remember those days. Uh, arcades were awesome. We would drive to the mall or get my mother to drive me to the mall and just go straight to the arcade and hang out the whole time. Exactly. It, it was a fun experience, and it's a shame that we don't, you know, the, the kids of tomorrow don't get the same experiences, you know. I look back on the things that made my childhood awesome. You look at Blockbuster, you look at Toys R Us, you know, those places are closing down now. Those places are closed. Well, Blockbuster's already gone. You know, we don't have arcades like we used to. Yeah, you can go to Dave & Buster's, but those games just don't draw people like, you know, sitting down and playing the real game you could in an arcade back then. Back then, you went to the arcade to see mind-blowing graphics, and now you have all that power in your console at home. It's one of those things. You'll have, I, I think the kids will probably say the same thing about something they're doing now when their kids don't know about it, but I really appreciated that time. You know, I really appreciated that time. Definitely. They definitely need to bring that back. I definitely think, you know, VR gaming, virtual reality is kind of a trend right now, and it's a very expensive trend. So, you know, arcades, I think, really need to, you know, bring the virtual reality experience there at an affordable price. And then, you know, if people can go there to do VR, you know, then people don't have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars just to try, you know, remodel their living room to play some sort of game in a augmented state. I, I agree. I agree 100% with that. Um, now when you play WWE 2K18, do you play as yourself preferably, or do you, do you play as a character or do you play with other Rocky Mountain guys? I mean, when I'm playing matches with other characters, you know, on the card, I'll pick whichever character I deem fit. But usually if I'm playing, if I'm in the match, of course I'm going to play with my character. I took my time to put my tattoos on it. I took that time to make that character look like me. As far as I'm concerned, that it's just an extension of me. But, uh, you know, don't, don't make it weird just cause I'm playing with myself because it's only digitally. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a wrestler. You believe in yourself. It's, it makes sense that you would, you would go out there and play as your wrestling character. You know, most definitely, you know, I'm not going to play as Anthony Katina. If, you know, he's wrestling against me, you know, the mop boy, you know, he's cleaned up many bars, Katina, Cantina, it's all the same. You know, I'd rather he be the one who get mopped. <laughs> um, You've got a real unique opportunity, I think, that no other promotion has in the same degree as y'all. You're a wrestler. Oh, most definitely. And you're an entertainer, both inside yeah. the ring and, and on Twitch. Yeah, the- it's definitely uh, something unique. Uh, you know, like I said, I only started, you know, learning to wrestle about, you know, two years ago. I've been on shows for about a year, so... I mean, if you would have asked me two years ago that this is where I would be, I'd look at you and I would have given you the strangest look in the world. There's no way I would have believed all of this. Not only would be possible, but in this short of a time. Yes. Yeah, I can. That's a pretty. That's a pretty quick. A pretty good uh, turnaround time, man. For somebody who only started two years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I started in uh, yeah May of 2016. And um, I've been training at the Mercury Pro Wrestling Academy since uh, about November of 2017. And, yeah, I did my first show, I want to say, June of 
2017, and that was in a 10 vs. 1 match against Impact Wrestling's Congo Kong. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. And um, I was uh, the last man left in the match. Um, basically, he took me and the other guy, uh, the captain, the dread captain Stevens, he uh, choked slammed both of us, gets up on the top rope. By the skid of my teeth, I rolled out of the ring. Coop gets eliminated. So I walk back in the ring, and I stare up at that guy, and I swear to God, that dude is 10 feet tall. And then before I could even react, you know, he puts me down. He hits me with a powerbomb. And all I hear after the powerbomb in my day of state was some drunk asshole in the crowd saying, And I took a second powerbomb from Congo Kong. And I felt like, you know, I was an asteroid hitting the earth with how far I fell. Wow. (laughs) I can only imagine what getting dropped from that height. That guy is huge. He's a big, big dude. Now you've spoken of several uh, several wrestlers. Who did you watch when you were a young, a young man? Ooh, I mean, like, my earliest memory of watching pro wrestling on TV, I was probably, like, three years old, and I remember watching, you know, Hulk Hogan in the NWO, you know, terrorizing WCW. But um, growing up, I would say, honestly, one of my favorite wrestlers, as as controversial as it is, Chris Benoit. You know, he was a small guy, but he was such a technically sound wrestler. He could wrestle a guy, you know, who was seven feet tall and make it, you know, a believable match because you knew he could, you know, kick some ass. Yeah, um, you know, I loved him. Eddie Guerrero. Um, I loved watching, you know, John Cena when I was younger, especially back during his uh, basic economics era. Um, I was a huge Booker T fan back in the 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Brock Lesnar, back when he first started, that work that really got me. Um, and I also loved a lot of the early TNA work back, you know, watching uh, like Alpha Male, Monty Brown, um, or even, you know, AJ Styles younger in his career, Beer Money, all those types too. There were, uh, you know, there was so much good wrestling back then, you know. It's almost like hard to watch, you know, modern wrestling in a lot of ways because when you watch wrestling back in the day, and especially when you go back further watching, you know, all the way back to the 70s and 60s, you know, wrestling, when you watched it on TV, it all—it always meant something, you know? Now you watch wrestling, and, you know, it almost feels like, you know, they try and have, you know, these events so planned out so far out that, you know, it doesn't quite have that same meaning, you know? Pro wrestling needs to be organic, you know? Pro wrestling, you know, changes from week to week, you know? And what makes wrestling real is, you know, making it matter because everything you do in that ring is supposed to matter, especially cleaning it because... Hey, you gotta have a clean ring, right? Oh yeah, I've seen them have to t- here down here in Georgia when they gets real bloody. They have to take the the canvas out and put it in their driveway and get a hose and uh, mops and push brooms. Yeah, to get you got to power wash it. Yeah, man, the amount of, the amount of amount of uh, blood and stains those those mats get. Holy crap! Yeah, about, uh, I would say nine months ago, um, before I was working with Rocky Mountain Pro, I was, uh, refereeing a, uh, world-class match tournament, and, uh, yeah, like, you know, those guys, especially the ones who do take it to that level in the ring, you know, like, that is paying some of the ultimate tolls to entertain people, you know. I don't think you'll ever see Mop Boy being a deathmatch wrestler, but I gotta give respect to those guys because if you're willing to do that, you know, especially for the amount of money they're going to get paid for doing that on a local show, you know, the mad respect to anyone who's willing to donate blood to entertain their family. 
I'm more along the, the, the school of thought that if you bleed, it should be something important in an important match, you know? Most definitely, most definitely, and I agree, too, with that. Uh, I think a lot of times people just get gratuitous in it, and that's like modern wrestling, in my opinion, is you've got matches that you watch for the quality of the match, not the story, and I think sometimes people throw blood and foreign objects into matches trying to reclaim some of that magic that people used to get. Because, you know, you watch a match to see the match. Now, you don't watch the match because you feel or care about the people in the match. Exactly. You know, like, I definitely think, you know, technical wrestling, having really good, well-built-out matches is very important. But at the same time, you know, you got to have that story playing along, too. Because without that story, you know, what's the point? You know, like, that's why I feel like even, you know, you you, you watch UFC and you watch MMA nowadays. And, uh, you know, I just feel like the reason why, you know, you're seeing a decline in the numbers in that industry is, you know, you watch UFC from 10 years ago and you had the big name stars like Chuck Liddell's, your Tito Ortiz's, guys like that. And nowadays, you know, the, the UFC is just like, you know, you don't even know who half the guys on the roster are anymore. You know, they're not like marketing that quite properly, you know? You got to build, have that build. You know, got Conor McGregor can't be the only one out there being the heel and going out and drawing all the heat. Exactly, exactly. And I have respect for McGregor. He's one of the best fighters in the world. And I got to say, it took a real pair to uh, step into a boxing ring against uh, Floyd Mayweather. But, you know, I can never really give, you know, Floyd Mayweather that same respect until he fights, you know, McGregor in a UFC, you know, octagon. And, you know, I saw they were trying to do something, but they have all these rules like, oh, there's no takedowns, there's no this, there's no that. It's like, what's the point of even giving, getting in the octagon then, you know? you got to fight him in a true MMA match. You're making all these exceptions. You're just, you're just making it work at that point. I agree. And when and they focus so much on being real, real fighting, if they slip over into decay faving stuff, it's just not going to work for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, look at, you know, what happened when boxing did it back in the day. I mean, you know, it's, it, it kind of killed the industry, you know, like it, you know, it, it's almost tough to believe that, you know, like, you know, are all these matches legit? You know, it's it's tough to tell. You know, it's easy to even question it in pro sports nowadays. Look at that Super Bowl that happened. You know, five years ago, where uh, it was the Ravens and the Forty ers and all of a sudden, you know, the lights get cut out, and then all of a sudden, the Forty ers are making this small miraculous comeback. I'm not claiming that I think it's a work, but I'm just saying, you know, something like that happening in that nature at that time, you know, just seemed a little suspicious. You know. Well, it's, 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 uh, it's very, with me being such a huge wrestling fan and watching so much wrestling and talking to so many wrestlers, it's quick for me to assume something's a work, you know, <laughs> it's maybe a little exactly. too easy. But hey, people might now think, cause I said that mop boys, you know, should have a tinfoil hat on his head with the conspiracies and stuff. So I'll try and keep it clean. You know, I respect anyone playing a pro sport contact, no contact because you know, Hey, it takes a toll on your body. And, uh, you know, anyone who's willing to put those hours in the gym, put those hours into training, earns respect, you know. And that's why it really bugs me when people say, oh, pro wrestling's not a sport, is because we're training just as hard as any other professional sport out there to not just entertain our fans, but compete to get the spots on these shows. Yes. And that's the hard thing is getting booked on some of these shows, man. Because there's a lot of exactly. talent. There's so much talent out there nowadays. I agree. Uh, have you got to interact with more promotions through your time at Rocky Mountain Pro, or have you gotten 
out there? Um, since I've been to Rocky Mountain Pro, I've just been working on, you know, killing old bad habits I learned from the other people I trained with, learning the Rocky Mountain Pro style of wrestling. But before that, you know, I worked with a promotion called Primos in Denver and Colorado Springs Wrestling as well. And then there was one other promotion. I forgot what it was called because they went under after their first show. But uh, I think it was called Loco Pro Wrestling or something. That was up in Longmont, Colorado. Um, but I am looking, you know, sometime in the future, once I get a little bit more stable ground, to take bookings out of state. But, you know, right now I'm just trying to focus on, you know, being the most sound wrestler I can while I'm here. Oh, yeah. And you get to learn from some great guys out there and some great wrestlers. Um, most definitely. You know, Matt Yaden, he's completely helped me change how I work in the ring. Um, guys like Anaya, Hoodie, you know, they're very tough. You know, they're tough trainers, you know, they're hard to impress, but, you know, you almost need that in the industry because, you know, nothing is handed to you, nothing is given. Um, one thing I really respect Hoodie, though, and what he says is that if you fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you. So as long as you put that effort in, you know, you're a lot more likely to get your goals. That's a very good way to look at that. That's a very good way to look at that. I have never heard that before. It's a solid, a really solid uh, thing, man. And, you know, when you start, you know, in the beginning days of wrestling, you know, and I'm still pretty green, so I feel like I can say this, you know, it's tough to, you know, get those opportunities. So when you do get them, you're going to do anything you can to keep them. It's just, you know, opportunities are few and far between, even locally, you know. People, you know, don't think Colorado is necessarily one of the biggest markets for pro wrestling. But in the last two years, I've seen it double across the state. So, you know, it's definitely a growing place. So, you know, yes, even though there are more promotions going, that just means you have to fight twice as hard for these positions. You know, I won the Colorado Springs Wrestling Championship, you know. Even though it's for a minute, 30 seconds, you know, now my name's on, you know, the same plaque, you know, with guys guys like Royce Isaac, Smarty the Moth, these guys. And, you know, that didn't make my career any easier, especially earning that title that soon. If anything, you know, I've had to work twice as hard to try and get opportunities elsewhere because, you know, that, now there's that expectation, oh, you won that belt there, so, you know, you better be a damn good wrestler if you come here. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause that's, that's, it's, it's something you put on your resume and then people expect more out of you. Exactly. You know, it made everything I've had to work for. I, now I have to work even harder to try and get those spots. And I wouldn't have it any other way because without that expectation, that would not make me as clean of a worker as, you know, I'm trying to become. Yes. yes. And uh, that's a, that's something I think a lot of people miss out on is you're always able to get your gimmick in there too, man. You, you're working exactly. on your wrestling, you're doing, you got your mindset, but you're never forgetting that gimmick. And people... You've heard so many people talk about where they are in wrestling, but I've always heard that the reason Chris Jericho is one of the greatest is, is he never forgets his character. And that is the other thing too, you know, you never stop paying your dues. People think, you know, oh, I've worked hard for a year. Now it's all going to cash out at this point. It's like, no, whether you've been in the industry one year or 20 years, every person I know who's successful, who's been in the industry a long time knows that you never stop paying your dues. You always got to keep working hard. It never stops. Well, people forget about you so fast these days. So much, you know. And the way I see it is, if you're not trying to be the cleanest worker, if you're not trying to be the best at what you're trying to do, you're not going to make it very long. It's just the way it is. You either have that ambition or not. You know, to drive, you know, 
hours and hours across the state, state to state, across the country, you know, like, it really has to be your calling in life. You could go to another state and, you know, I'll use the, you know, the stigma that's been passed around lately. A hot dog and a handshake might be all you get, but you got to take these risks to get it. Yeah, well, you don't start with a big payoff and you don't you don't get out there and get paid your first, you know, you don't make a, the, the most on a card your first night. The more not. you get your character out there, the more you're going to draw. The hot dog might turn into something much bigger one day. That's exactly, exactly. You got you to gotta gamble. You got to take those risks. And, you know, sometimes they pay off, sometimes they won't. But it's all part of the learning experience. But that's not just for wrestling. That goes for anything in life, you know. You're never going to get anywhere if you just hide in your comfort zone. And a lot of people now, with especially with, like, Spirit Air having uh, such cheap flights, Oh yeah, they're able to get around the country and with social media and all the other ways to get exposure, people are getting to see talent. You would never got to seen 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, oh, most definitely. I mean, I grew up before cable TV and right. I did not get to see, but two promotions. I got the WB syndicated stuff and I got continental championship wrestling out of Birmingham. And right. That was in the days where the champion came in maybe once a year. Exactly. Player. So this whole thing, everybody's going nuts about the Brock Lesnar not working so much. Well, I didn't see the champion, but once or once a year, maybe twice a year on the promotion I watched every day. It's just it almost it makes the, it makes those matches mean that much more. It's like, hey, the champion only has to work ten days a year, you know. If you get a chance to fight him, it means so much more. And I mean, I'm not saying that it means less to defend your title every night because you know, if you're defending something, you know, show after show after show, that means a lot too. But you know, Brock Lesnar, he's accomplished everything, not just in UFC, not just in WWE, but all over the board when it comes to sports. So you know, just the opportunity to get to work with a guy like him, you know, you got to make the most of it. Those 10 matches of the year he works, you know, every one of those means something, you know. Everybody watches him. Most definitely. He's on the biggest stage. They don't put him out on a, on a show. And he got that. I mean, he, this guy's worked everywhere. Lesnar paid his yes, dues. Lesnar worked in, in o, o, what is it? OVW. OVW. Yeah, yep. he, did his, he did his business. And now he's the biggest name in the world. So he deserves that. Why? Why have a championship? So it's one of my old jobs I had. The district managers got all got company cars, but they all got crap right. company cars. You know, it wasn't anything, you know, I want to work for a place where the, where the, the, the boss man drives a Cadillac or something. I don't want to work for a place where the boss man drives a Celica. And that's, <laughs> and that's very true. Yeah. If your boss is not driving something that looks very clean, then you're probably not going to want to, uh, you know, fight for that position. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> Promoted if they're just going to give me a crappy car. And that's the thing with championships, man. Those those guys, you gotta you gotta make it something people want to have. Well, I mean, who was the last person who pinned uh, Lesnar for a title? It was Eddie Guerrero. What, thirteen, fourteen years ago? Yes. I mean, like whoever does, you know, beat Brock Lesnar and earn that championship, you know, they are going to cement themselves, you know, along the same lines as Brock Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero. So that's saying a lot about, you know, who that wrestler will be, you know. Would I love for it to be Mop Boy? Yeah, that would be excellent. Is that realistic? Probably not. But, hey, I'll keep fighting and trying to get that chance because, hey, 
The mop boy wants to not only be the cleanest worker, and the mop boy wants to be the best in the world. So, so where do you see yourself going, mop boy? Where Where is your long-term goal in the wrestling business? My long-term goal is to, you know, make this my career. You know, that's how, you know, I want to be. I don't want to just be, you know, mopping a, you know, high school gymnasium floor the rest of my life. I want to, you know, be as far as I go in this industry as I can. I want to make people happy. I want to wrestle in every state I can. You know, my goal is to try and be the best. You know, if I get into a company like Lucha Underground, New Japan, um, Impact Wrestling, WWE, or Ring of Honor, that would be awesome, you know? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But, you know, I'll be damned if I don't take a you know a chance in trying to try, you know? Me, myself, I'm 25 years old. I've been doing this for two years now, you know? The way I see it is I do have a chance to try and do something for a long period of time, whether it's 10 or 15 years, so... I'm going to keep trying to stay healthy, and I'm going to try and, you know, take it as far as I go. Do you know what, do I know what the future has in store? No. But once when those opportunities do arise, you know, I'm going to do my damnedest to take it and make it happen. That's a great attitude, man. And you have a unique skill set that not everybody's getting. And I know I've went over this before, but with you out there promoting yourself on Twitch and, and the internet and uh, Facebook and all that, you're getting skills that, that the WE type program is going to want. They're going to want somebody that knows how to talk. They're going to want somebody who can and carry a show on Twitch type thing. Most definitely. And you, as like a pure shoot, you know, like back when I was in high school and all that stuff, you know, yeah, I did wrestling. I played football a year in high school too. But, you know, I did, you know, four years of public speaking and theater throughout my high school career. When it comes down to it, you know, I've always been used to being in front of the crowd. You know, yes, you could be the best technical wrestler you know, in the world, but if you don't have a character, if you don't have a personality that people can relate to, you know, people aren't going to remember it, you know, people think you got to do all these crazy big high spots, these crazy wrestling matches, you know, and then, you know, you have a 20-minute match where you did all these crazy flips and stuff, and the fans will maybe remember two or three of the big moments that happened. So, you know, every, you know, when it comes down to everything mattering, you know, you don't always, you know, bigger is always better when you're doing that stuff. You know, it's about telling the story through the whole match. hundred percent, man. I still remember, uh, Barb Armstrong and, uh, Ron Fuller doing stuff on continental wrestling when I was a kid, not because of the matches, because how they made me feel. Oh, most definitely. That's a big deal, man. Character to me is one of the biggest deals in wrestling. Because that makes people want to come back and watch your show. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like, look at, you know, the the political state of our world right now, you know. You can't just take things for face value because that's what's leading, you know, all the trouble we have, you know, in our world or why people who are part of the same country can't even get along. They just want to judge people for face value, you know. Like, me as a person, how I keep it clean, you know, how I try to, you know, have an excellent, you know, shiny, you know, reputation is that, you know, I judge people by their character, not just being a character like someone in an acting, but, you know, who they are as a person and what they are trying to prevail in their own lives. You know, we're all fighting our own battle that we don't understand. And, you know, there's just not enough objectivity in the world. You know, you got people, and they fight for their side so hard. They root for politicians like, you know, they're rooting for their favorite sports team. But they don't see the cons to their side, and they don't see the pros to their opposition. There are pros and cons to every end of an argument. And unless you understand the pros and cons to every end of an argument, you truly don't understand the situation. So you're fighting dirty, in my opinion. 
there's been a lot of guys that um, I'll meet through wrestling and I think are great guys. And then later on on Facebook or something, I'll find out they have completely different political uh, opinions than me. And it's hard not to let that color me, but I try to judge them on the person that I met at a show, not the person I saw their what I think would be offensive views on Facebook. Right. And like my view is, you know, if I disagree with you on politics, that's not going to have me judge how I do it. The problem is that people, when they know they've lost the argument, they still try to win the fight by slandering. And, you know, look at the, the philosopher Socrates, you know. He said, you know, once the, uh, your opposition starts resorting to slandering, they've lost the debate. And yeah, that's the thing, you know, people can't just have a civil conversation and talk it out, you know. Hey, you know, it's one thing, you know, you cut a promo and then we fight and we try and beat each other in our match and try and prove who's number one. But, you know, if you're just trying to talk about politics, you know, it's about, you know, you know, politics are supposed to be nonviolent. And the, the fact that, you know, people are being persecuted for nonviolently protesting, you know, it's just crazy. I would much rather see somebody, you know, take a knee and, you know, be nonviolent than someone that, you know, pulls out a gun to try and prove their point. That's not very clean, in my opinion, and that's, that's a huge issue nowadays. I'm not saying it's okay to, you know, not be patriotic or that sort of thing, but, you know, you've got to show people respect, and if they're trying to prove a point and they're not using violence to prevail it, that makes their point more strong, in my opinion. I think a lot of people define uh, patriotism differently, you know? That's true. Most definitely. I did as as the right to protest something. Other people think it's the the just to go along with with what the the company the country does. So it's a different. It's a di- people have so many different viewpoints now, and we don't have the ability to have civil discussions about stuff anymore. And that's that's a that's a sad thing. It is a sad thing, and you know the it's just you know like the way I see it is you know I like to keep my ego in the wrestling ring. But, you know, the the thing is, you know, when you're trying to talk about these hard subjects, you know, you've got to put your ego aside. You know, our society has been trained. You don't talk about two things ever. You don't talk about religion, and you don't talk about politics. And look at where that kind of, you know, that social norm has led society. Now people can't talk about these huge subjects without trying to fight over it. And if people could just talk and understand what their the, their opposition is trying to say, even if you disagree with them, you know, you could get a lot more common ground than just trying to talk crap and say you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You know what I mean? I agree, hundred percent. You gotta, you gotta talk some of the stuff over. You gotta find something that you can have in common and some kind of ground. And you don't, I don't hate people that don't have the same views as I do because that's not right. That's not how it should be done. But I, there are people that I don't understand. But if they're faceless, it's easier to dislike somebody. But when you make it somebody that you know and deal with on a daily basis, it's harder. It's harder to hate somebody. Oh, most definitely. And the Internet's done that a little bit. It's given people friends that they'd never see or family members that they haven't seen in years. And now you can get angry at those people because you don't agree with them, want to argue with them. They really need to change the name of Facebook friends to Facebook acquaintances because, you know, it's like, hey, someone will say they're your friend on Facebook and you'll never talk to them in person even if you see them. So that's, you know, I mean, that's a whole skewed viewpoint in the world. I don't think people know what an actual friend is anymore, you know. But look at the day and age we live in, you know. We have all these great tools for communication, but yet people don't know how to talk face-to-face anymore. I've I've, uh, ran into that so many times. in retail world where 
people will come up, especially younger, younger kids, and they have no idea how to communicate. They can't come to a counter and tell me what they want or to mm-hmm. inform me who they are. And it's, I, my kids are doing it, you know, <laughs> my kids are doing, do that kind of stuff. And it's like, get in there and talk, tell the person what you want, tell the person why you're here. And people aren't getting it these days, but. Most okay. definitely. I mean, kids need to go outside, you know, as much as I love playing video games, you know, you can't just sit there on the Fortnite all day. You can't just let your kids sit there, you know, and play their destiny or their halo or their call of duty. And if, if they're not going outside, you know, you gotta be physical too. You can't always be caught up in the technical world because at the end of the day, it's all fake. You know, Facebook you know, it's a thing, it's real because we all use it, but it's not real in the sense that it's not something you can physically, tangibly touch or be part of, you know? It doesn't replace fresh air. Communicating on Facebook does not replace communicating face-to-face, you know? There's no balance, you know? You've got to have balance, you know? I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Um, you know, I've had a great time talking with you today, and you've got some... Oh, it has been excellent, my friend. Yes, yes. It's probably the cleanest interview I've ever done. Um, uh, I <laughs> you have I a great... really appreciate it. Yes, no, I agree. It was clean as a bottle of Fabuloso, my friend. I had I an awesome time. Fabuloso. I love the smell of that. My girlfriend hates it. Oh. I love the smell of it. It's got great stuff. Clean, clean, clean smell. Well, where will you bringing? Will you be bringing your your one man mopping show in the future? Currently, right now, I am um, just working for Rocky Mountain Pro at the moment. But within the next year, I should be, you know, starting to, you know, open up and take new promotions. Um, if you want to keep up on what Mopboy is doing, you can always find me on Facebook.com. Facebook.com slash Mopboy, M-O-P-B-O-Y, is the best way to keep up. You can also follow me on Instagram. My name's Scott Rubin. I actually use the uh, username Dude I'm Scossum. D-U-D-E-I-M-S-K-A-S-O-M-E. Like you took the the word ska, like ska music and awesome, and you crunched them into one word. So, dude, I'm Scotham on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And then, of course, if you want to see uh, RMP2K, um, you just got to go on twitch.tv slash Rocky Mountain Pro, and uh, you can watch me on there anytime, or on twitch.tv slash Mopboy. Sometimes I do play some other games on my own time, not on the company's channel. Ah, well, if you ever get a, somebody you want to need somebody to play games with, let me know, man. I'd love to join you on there. Most definitely. We'd love to have you on the show sometime, maybe even tomorrow night on Twitch. I'm on uh, 10 to 12 p.m. Mountain Time. Sundays and Tuesdays. Excellent. Well, look for him, folks. He's a great guy. Phenomenal uh, conversation. Very interesting and a great wrestler. Um, Mop Boy out of Rocky Mountain Pro. Uh, he gave you their Twitch. You got to check this out. They're doing some special, special things with this. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, thank you. Yeah, sir. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. And keep it clean. Good mopping. Yeah. Don't get mopped. <laughs>